Welcome to another episode of Paul and All. As always, I'm your host, Paul Casey, and I'm joined today by someone who actually hasn't been on in like a month. Um, I feel like we also haven't really seen each other <laughs> yeah, in that been, month. Yeah, it's been a it's been a hectic. Yeah, I'm not complaining, but uh. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, the only few times we've seen each other has not been pleasant experience. Correct. So, go yeah. ahead and say your name now that you've already talked. Yeah, yeah, I'm Ruth Casey. I'm Paul's mom. Thanks for having me again. Of course. Um, he sounds so enthusiastic about that. Like, no, uh, you know, this is the first, um, episode that I can actually kind of like say this. Um, I haven't like officially said anything about it yet, but, uh, we're doing a countdown to the 100th episode of Polynol. And so I have a few, I'm not sure how many, you know, I'm going to get in particular, um, but I have a few kind of like top tier, rec- you know, uh, recurring guests or oh, cool. just people that I've really wanted to have back on or anything like that to kind of do the, the countdown before 100 after 100, the plan is to obviously get, you know, some of those same people back, get maybe some past people who haven't been on much or whatever back. And I have some new people. Ooh, new voices. Yeah. So that's going to be fun. fun. Um, but yeah, you know, in the countdown to the 100th, which is a big milestone and it's, I'm, you know, not to get too into it, but there is going to be a big, uh, big thing. There is a big thing planned, big things coming. I know like all the YouTubers (laughs) say big things coming, but I can't tell you about it. You Um, know, like I've got things in the works, but I'm not allowed to tell you that is the most annoying phrase in the YouTube vocabulary. I'm working on something, but I can't tell you about it. Then shut up. You know, yeah. like, not you, but... No, I know. Well, I'm guilty general, of it, too, though. But, like, they do stuff like that all the time. Like, I'm working on a secret project, but I can't tell you what it's about. Well, see, I don't know, though, because, like... Or when it'll be out, but I'll let you know. Well, see, I don't know, though, because, like, that sometimes... Like, if if they say it all the time... But that doesn't like really that, but, generate my interest. No, no, no. It, the only... I'm not saying it necessarily... Well, it, for me, for the people that I watch it somewhat generates my interest because like for example um scott that i watch mm-hmm. right um scott sire go follow him he's really great he's part of like the vlog squad uh, you know anybody out there it, it doesn't matter the point is he's branching out and he's doing music stuff okay right so he like he just released his first official album okay um and he kind of Took He's not a, being sponsored by Scott. Just no, so no, no. I'm not. I'm just like I he just really enjoys this. The, yeah, the, I yeah. enjoy his videos. I enjoy his music yeah. a lot, um, and like all of their their friends and stuff. Um, but what he did was like you know he said like oh I'm working on an album and you know his videos would show him working on different stuff. Wait, 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 wait. What I was getting at was it was also a matter of um, he would say stuff and he would show that sort of stuff to explain why he wasn't, because a lot of them... Well, yeah, why they he's post, not around as much. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of them post uh, multiple, multiple times time. a week and stuff. I, so, like, for him, he was, you know, it's like, hey, listen, I'm focusing on this. I'm this, still going to show you, like, behind-the-scenes, quote-unquote, right, stuff. I didn't but, disappear. I'm working on something. That I can understand. But the ones that say, like, I'm working on this project, so I can't tell you about it, but it's coming. 
Well, that could be anything. And it's and how many times does it not materialize? Yeah, and you never hear anything about it. Or it'll be like two years later, they'll go, remember that secret project I told you I couldn't tell well, you, you know, about? But yeah, I could, I could argue that but, about anything, though, because like I follow, again, not a sponsorship thing, but I follow uh, almost, you know, like to a dedicated point, I follow uh, TV line. Yeah. The TV news, whatever. They have a thing that they call their blind item. Uh, and it's basically, you know, like, uh, so like, for example, one and, you know, spoilers for sons of anarchy. Okay. So I'm going to give a big spoiler here. So, uh, Figure Block it out. Your ears. Yeah, figure it out when, you know, I'm not going to do like, oh, time code. I, I actually know um, the Weekly Planet podcast that I listen to. Again, not sponsored. They do that, though, when they're going to do like spoiler stuff. They'll be, because, you know, like he does oh, yeah. that for Re- his videos. Re- listen to again at this time. Yeah, so. in the in the description yeah. of the episode, they'll put time codes. Like a lot of people do for YouTube yeah. videos, they'll put time codes in the description. I'm not going that far. Point is, for Sons of Anarchy, uh, the end or near the end of season four or five or like in the middle of season five or something like that, the character of clay died. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you, cause that story follows, um, Hamlet Shakespeare's Hamlet. So you know that Claudius doesn't make it to the end of that story. And so Ron Perlman knew from the beginning, he's like, I'm not going to survive because it was never like, this is Hamlet, but it was Hamlet. You know what I mean? And so he would always say like, I know I'm not going to survive because Claudius doesn't make it to the end. And it was just a matter of like, when was it going to happen? And of course people wanted it. Cause like, that was like the thing from episode one, there was that tension between well, yeah. stepfather and stepson. Um, but like he signed up for a show that I don't think is on anymore, but it was a show on Amazon prime mm-hmm. and he was going to be the lead role. They couldn't announce it yet because he was, they didn't want to spoil that he right. was going to be gone from right. sense of anarchy. Right. So TV line had, Cause you know, they got like the exclusive or they got it leaked to them or whatever, but they were like, you know, we have a thing here where it's, you know, a blind item and they, you know, they'll reveal certain details like, uh, you know, it's a cable network, you know, it's a show on a, it's a show on a cable network, but it's not HBO. Um, it's a show that has won awards and you know what I mean? They'll, they'll do certain stuff like that. And then once the news finally happens, they'll go, Hey, this is our blind item to the point where people ask so often because they just forget that the blind, like the the readers forget the the blind item even happened or whatever. They'll go, "Hey, whatever happened to this blind item, or was this ever resolved, or whatever?" They just within the last two months put out an article. TV Line did where it was because you know they'll do like those slideshow articles mm. on their site. They had a thing where it was, um, "Here are." all of the blind items that we've done in the last like two years and when they were all solved yeah, here's because, the yeah, because like people forgot or, you Missed know, it. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I, t- I mean, I kind of get that because, and there's, and, and that was no, the thing was just, like, it, like it took a while, not for that one, but just in general, when they do that, it does it, take it, a while. It's like, it, you know, um, like I said, I, I follow YouTubers. I, I follow, uh, Colleen Ballinger and the Ballinger family and stuff. And so, like, when she was working on, uh, like, now when she's working on her books, that's one thing. She's always saying she's writing. She's writing constantly, which is great. She's got um, 
two bestsellers. She's writing again. I don't know whether she she's, does the character of Miranda, Miranda for anybody who doesn't anybody who doesn't know that. Yeah. But so, but she um, she's she's writing again, and I don't know whether she's writing to write um, uh, another show or whether she's writing another book. She also uh, was the uh, co-creator of Haters Back Off, which was a, a Netflix original show. It was about seasons. Miranda. That, that was, was her. That was about Miranda. Yeah. And uh, there's actually a um, there's a Netflix special that's going to be coming out because uh, one of the last Miranda live shows was in Washington, D.C. because um, Colleen Ballinger is expecting. And so she's this not... This isn't the 50s. We, you could say... Well, no, but my point was she's pregnant and she's not doing live shows right now. It's just funny because we just had that conversation yeah, the other day. But I I'm, always say expecting. It's I know, not, I know, know. But, well, no, but just for yeah. a quick reference, I was, I've been reading a lot, a lot, a lot about kind of the history of radio moving into television sort of stuff. And one of the things I was reading was I was doing uh, extensive research on like I Love Lucy and stuff like that. And um, just the fact that, you know, like that show and Lucy and Ricky themselves like changed television so much. Um, like literally they, they changed the entire way that television was done. And Produced uh, it, the way yeah, that it was everything. everything. And um, but one of the things was the fact that early on she was pregnant in real life, but they weren't. The the spot because back then it was sponsors ran like they basically produced the shows instead of like a production company or whatever. Um, and even though Lucy and Ricky produced the show themselves and that was actually part of the whole thing was like they took pay cuts in order to get up like a cut of the show itself because that's where that kind of thing comes in, especially mm-hmm. with movie and film and uh, TV contracts now. But they not only took a cut to then get a back end of the profits, but in doing that, they also got way more creative control over well, the show. Their production company like broke ground in so many areas. I love the fact that you know you, everybody thinks, "Oh, Lucille Ball, you know, comedy, blah blah blah." Uh, Desi Lu is the was the production company behind uh, Star Trek. Yep. You know, and people don't, a lot of people don't realize that or realize that that's what Desilu was. You know, when you see it at the at the beginning of the the uh, original Star Trek and stuff, people don't realize that that was you know Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball. That was a their- lot of. I'm not gonna lie, a lot of it was him. Because yeah. he was very business savvy, oh, and that's yeah. again, he was that's a what very I was. Smart. They both. Were well, they, very I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from her. Oh, I'm no, just no, saying. But, but he, a lot of the very, stuff that I was reading was like she people. was. She was very much in tune with like what the audience wanted in terms mm. of content, and he was very in tune with this is the sort of stuff that's gonna. Make, make that money. content well make money but make that content like worth it like i said like again going back to the fact that like even though they produced everything they were still at the mercy if you will of sponsors and the network and they wouldn't let them use the word pregnant so it was expecting and that's yeah. where that whole story was going well, yeah i mean and and like a lot of times uh you would always see um women who were pregnant uh even in real life 
a woman would carry a coat because for some reason, a the, pregnant Literally the thing that's happened for mil, for millions of years, hundreds of years, whatever, you, however whatever, old you believe right. the earth and humankind is. Right. <laughs> but, but people, they felt that people were offended by, a, well, they used to call it, um, they used to call it the period of confinement because um, especially like during the Victorian era and stuff, when a woman started to show, she was pretty much confined to the house because nobody wanted to see the pregnant woman. You know, like now everybody, no, it's true. You know, I know. I'm not doubting it. I actually like, know that. It's just so, it's so funny weird. because now, in retrospect, everybody always goes up and it's to the point where, oh, let me touch the belly. Oh, How's mom doing today? You, you know, know, that irritates me. I, that bothers me so much because when I was, when I was pregnant with you, that happened. And people, I love how you have to say with me. Like, yeah, because like my only pregnancy was Paul. So, yeah. But when I was pregnant, people would come up and they would like, you know, oh, how's the baby today? See me? I'm on the outside. Ask me how I am. I can't really. I know how he's feeling and whatever. But it's me. Or they, they want to touch a pregnant woman's belly because it's a miracle and it's wonderful and whatever. You're not touching the baby. You're touching a woman. If you walked up to a just woman on the street and put your hand on her belly, you would be arrested for accostment. And yet... We think that that's perfectly okay in society. Actually, I don't think that's... It's not perfectly okay anymore, though. But, that's the thing. It hasn't been for quite some time. But people still do it. Is it okay if I touch... No, See, now the, no, no, See, I'm okay with that. Ask, I'm perfectly okay with people saying, is it okay if I... But I don't I? think it's okay even to ask. Why would you do that? Is it okay if I touch the top of your head? No. Well, <laughs> you never know, though, because... you. I mean, again, I've never been in, like, that situation, but you never know, because, like... Obviously, you would feel differently because you felt from the inside. But like when a baby kicks, people like that feeling. And it's like you said, it's like the miracle, miracle. thing or whatever. And I mean, I, and I understand so, that. And you and never I, know what's going to have woman, that. You never know what's going to cause that either. Right. But if as a pregnant woman, I go, oh, the baby's kicking. Do you want to feel? That's one thing. Right. But what but I'm if saying you just is. just say, can I touch your belly? No. But you don't. Yeah. But I, as a, as a person, I don't know. Maybe I'm hoping that me doing that is going to cause the baby to kick. Well, realistically, here's a clue. Your hand on the outside of me, unless you push hard, is not going to cause it. Your voice can trigger because the baby can hear. And the baby will hear your voice. Because when I was pregnant, we were um, having dinner with some friends who has a little who have a little boy that's six months older than you. In and that case, he, he's not a little boy anymore, but well, they have a child <laughs> as a someone son, who's, as someone, someone who's not age. a little boy. Right. I can tell you that someone six months older than me is not anyway, a little boy anymore. They either. have a child that was six months old at the time. And I was still pregnant. And so he was crying because they were new, very new parents. And although they were older than we were, they were not used to being around kids, and the mom was very, very nervous. So that communicates itself to the child. Her nerves reacted to him. Well, I've been around kids since I was, I've been babysitting since I was 12. So at that point, I already had seven nieces and nephews by the time I was pregnant. So with me. Yes. <laughs> by the time I was pregnant with Paul. I you had said already, it earlier. I know. But I had already had seven nieces and nephews. So a newborn baby was not a big deal 
for me. So I'm literally carrying this baby around with one on one arm with his his legs over like in a Y around my elbow area. That doesn't and his seem head on his safe. Chest. But it is. It's perfectly safe. He was tiny. He fit in my forearm. Yeah, leg, you're not supposed to do that because you're supposed to have the head in the elbow. So they always, was, that's what, if movies and TV have taught me anything about he children. He was old enough to be able to hold his head. I was holding Six his... Six months! I was holding his head in my hand. And it doesn't seem... Anyway, I was holding him. He was perfectly fine. His mother was nervous. He I was would be nervous, too. Fine. And the funny thing was that he was calm. He stopped crying... Because when they got there and he was crying... He didn't know you well enough. That's what it was. It wasn't me. I wasn't holding him. His mother was holding him and he was crying No, no, no. I meant when you took him and he became calm. He oh, just yeah. didn't know you okay. well enough. That was... Anyway. But he became... It doesn't work if you have be- to explain it. I know. He became calm. But when he was crying, Paul could hear him and was kicking the crap out of me. And that's another reason why I think it would be dangerous because like, yeah, okay, you may be used to it, but like if you just like jerk it the wrong way and you just like your wrist goes and you knock that baby's head. I, there was, there was not a, there was not a chance of that. Like I said, I've been through, through not, I have been through this. So anyway, but he, I know that babies can hear and react to the sound. They I know, react that's why to the they, sound of the, That's why they say talk to the baby. Music does, music the, you know. And, and all kinds of stuff like that. Because uh, that's one of my favorite jokes on How I Met Your Mother is uh, Allison Hannigan's character has the, the headphones on the belly and uh, she like fell asleep or something and she looks and goes, Oh no, it was on shuffle. Our baby listened to the jerky boys. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, but you, like you were saying, you know, if you, if you touch it, maybe that could trigger, but you have to understand that there is a quite a bit of, although it's not a lot of distance, there's a lot of material between where the baby is and where, you know, where you are. But anyway, those kind of things just bother me. But can we get can back I, to? Can well, I can I oh. ask a question? You sure. Perf- I understand if you'll you'll say no, and I apologize in advance to the audience for teasing this. Uh, if we don't go through with it, can we tell the story about the the my, one of my favorite stories about the woman who you were just talking about who had the baby that was six months older than me? The um, geography that wasn't her. It was a different family. Yeah, no, that was he's six months younger than you. I but thought I'll, that was her. No, but I'll tell the story anyway. Okay, so No, I could have sworn it was No. Her. No. No. Oh. I've always believed that. You've no. always No. Okay. Go ahead. No. Anyway, so we have friends. Uh his dad, uh Paul's dad worked with uh the other uh young man's dad. And so the mom was not the brightest penny in the jar. And which is a very nice way of saying she was really stupid. Anyway, so because um, if you whisper was, it, it makes yeah. it, it <laughs> makes it nicer. Yeah. It's it's that whole um, Saint Elmo's fire where the the mother says, you know, uh, she she has cancer. because yeah. you know like, <laughs> that makes it better. Um, but anyway, so the mom decided that. Well, that's she the was, title. We laughed at cancer. <laughs> uh, she. Uh, Clickbait title? She decided at cancer? Question mark exclamation point. (laughs) The mother decided that she was going to homeschool her child. 
this terrified Paul's dad and I because we had had a discussion, and I don't even know how this came up, but the woman couldn't understand how people could fly to an island because how do you know where it is? Because it's just floating there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) She was going to educate her child and believed that islands (laughs) float. I... I actually really support homeschooling oh, and I things like that. But I do too. And, and <laughs> truthfully, you don't have to be smart to homeschool your child. Truth, They give you all the information that you need. <laughs> they give you all the support that you need and everything else like that. But in all fairness, she would have been helping him with his homework, whether he was homeschooled or not. So there was that. But it was a little scary. <laughs> this is our next generation. Okay, here's an even scarier thing. She is now a person who takes blood at the hospital. Okay. <laughs> okay. So there is I that. have a friend who takes blood at the hospital. I wonder if they know each other. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so there is that. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of stories from when you were little. Somewhere though, there used to be... Oh yeah, that makes me sad. But there used to be pictures of your father... You want to tell that story? His father, no. There, there used to be... Um, there were pictures of your father and the other father sitting on Barney's lap. I actually, I remember that party. picture. Yeah. The two dads, uh, Barney was a guest at a birthday party. I think the, we've talked about the, the young man, about Barney being like a huge, I don't know. I don't think we part of my about life, how much Barney was a part of your, Oh my gosh. Let's maybe not necessarily, maybe we did. Let's not necessarily get into that because there's, there's a potential upcoming guest who can um, maybe not shed as much light as you and dad, but yeah. could shed some. Yeah. Okay. some <laughs> um, okay, so we did have a little idea of what we were going to talk about today. Because we I, well, because no I asked you a question earlier today and you go, well, <laughs> and I go, wait, 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 because we were already <laughs> planning on doing this today. I go, wait, 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 wait. Do you want to tell me this story now, or do you want to save it for the podcast? And she goes, "Hmm," because I would. Just, she actually didn't really say "hmm," but like she just got silent and just kind of like looked up. But that doesn't really work for an audio show. So she was like, "Hmm," think like and she's thinking think, and think, thinking, think, yeah, like think, we need think, the yeah, think, 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 think. yeah. Uh, and then it's like, I could save it for the pod. I'm like. Okay, I'm like, you don't have to. Okay, first, you got to understand that in our apartment, we have conversations all the time. And as soon as we're like halfway through and Paul's going, we should have podcast this. We should have recorded. I need and I've said this for years. Okay, I need to once I once I have money and I can like because I want to just build my own house because like there's so many specific things that I want for my own house. Um, including a scrub sink instead of like a regular hand washing sink because of reasons. Um, and He's one crazy one of because whispering it makes it <laughs> less. <laughs> whispering it softens the blow. Uh, He's not really crazy. I am. Uh, I'm but, crazy. I have a name tag to prove it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, Prince, the artist, and not. Well, yeah, the artist formerly known as Prince, renamed as Prince. Then just a symbol, and now just the human formerly known as Prince. Aw, sad. (laughs) That Um, was sad. (laughs) I said aw, sad. I was Um, watching, sorry, real quick, side. 
He got the sad face now. Um, no, but remember the- This is also how conversations yes, go. How, if yes. you've never listened to an episode with my mother on them, this or any episode of this show, really, where I talk- we get, we get sidetracked. But no, remember I sent you the picture of the little boy- The as, baby, baby the prince, The baby yeah. as prince. Well, there's actually now a video of them playing a, a snippet from Purple Rain, and he's like- moving and dancing and it appears that he's dancing to purple rain in the prince costume that's okay um but no uh prince at paisley park which was his home slash recording studio because of course as you become you know more famous you don't need to go to a an actual recording studio you just build one in your house and people come to you because hey you're prince um and he, Prince has things in his own world. It's three in the morning in the middle of January in Minnesota. Bring me a camel. And, and then he doesn't understand why people can't grant that simple. Re- I just want a camel. Why can't you just grant me this simple request? This is, that's a legitimate thing, by the way. Um, but uh, every room in Paisley Park was wired for sound. And he was just recording all of the rooms all the time for, you know, probably partly so he could spy on his employees, but probably because if he ever got the inspiration for, you know, a song or anything, because not only was he a really amazing singer, he was just a really great musician and producer and really good businessman, first of all. But But an impressive songwriter so that when things, I I would presume that when inspiration came, you don't want to have to go, especially the size of Paisley Park, you don't want to have to go from, you know, six blocks over. Well, think about even, even in regards to like your, like with painting and stuff, even I've had it where, you know, like I have a creative idea and, you know, used to carry around like a little notepad and a pen all the time. And now I have my phone. So I just, and even then I don't always have my phone on me. Like when I'm at yeah, work, Marie I put it in my I locker. I were in the car yesterday and had an epiphany on an idea for, uh, a potential, um, uh, product for our industry. So we're like really excited to, to work on that, which I can't tell you about, but <laughs> big things coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, uh, <laughs> but no, that's really funny because we were, it was, we were talking to a, a, a father and we were saying about how long we've been in business and he's like, Oh, you know, we'll see you on shark tank. And we're like, well, kind of, that's not something that comes like with our business is not a, a shark tank kind of thing. And because it's not very like in of, it's not, I'm not, I don't want to say it's not innovative, but for we're, we're generally that's right. Not us. And then we had this idea in the car on the way to what kind of idea, uh, uh, uh in, the car, <laughs> in the car on the way to bacon fest yesterday, trying to get an exclusive yeah. here for the audience. And, um, <laughs> And we're like, my, oh my gosh, this I is might, our- I put my journalist hat yeah. on now. And, but we're in what's, the car. What's the scope here? Because <laughs> he's a journalist from the 40s. <laughs> um, but we uh, we had this this idea, and it was like, oh, this is our Shark Tank moment. There you go. Um, <laughs> and then we both laughed because we both said this is, we have a bad, not a bad habit, but we have a habit of saying things at exactly the same time because we think them the same. Right. And so, like, both of us at the same moment looked at each other and went, Shark Tank moment. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, it used to drive our ex-husbands crazy because we finished each other's sentences. Believe me, it wasn't just the ex-husbands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Paisley Park, Wired for Sound, everything is recorded. And I want that because 
a large portion of my conversations with anybody who passes through here. It's just, and I mean, you've, you, if you're a regular listener of the show, you've heard me talk with uh, Jake in particular. Um, and we, we always joke that, you know, on the Skype calls, when I do those, they're always recording. And there have been times, again, if you're a regular listener of the show where you've heard where, you know, uh, Jake and I will just be talking or, or my friend Zach and I will just be talking and I'll, you know, just go, I'll be thinking about it as we're having the conversation. And then I'll go, did we say anything that we can't say? Did we talk about like our, our job or, you know, like, do we name any of like our friends or anything like that? No. Okay. And then I'll just go, you know, um, this would all make for like a great episode of blah, blah, blah. And the, Oh, you're recording. Right. So yeah, just use it because you know, if we're in agreement, like I'm going to use it, but uh, you know, everybody trusts me enough that I'm not going to release stuff that doesn't going to be embarrassing right. or, you know, litigious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so, yeah, it would be cool. Cause like, there's a lot of times that we'll have conversations like about full on actual events. conversations yeah. that like could like the other day we just had, I mean, I, you know, we're not going to rehash it, but we just had one about, um, and we don't, we, you know, we don't get political, especially you and I don't get political like ever, like in, with each other, but like we had a whole conversation. It wouldn't have been, you know, a full podcast length thing, but we had a conversation about um, like just uh, uh, Civil War memorials mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. And just from our own education, it would have been nice if we had had that recorded. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, Ooh, what was that? I don't know. Oh, I don't know what that was. It was a little air bubble or something. It's like, whoa. Um, but yeah, we an uh, exclusive for the listeners. Oh, and, and by the way, we were talking about the fact that we haven't we haven't really seen each other. He's been working a lot of crazy hours and there's been things going on. Um, I have a friend who uh, does craft shows at malls and things. So when when my business isn't necessarily busy during the week, I go and help her at the mall. So I stay uh, I stay closer to where she is. And so I'm not here. And then I had been there and I was on my way home from there in the morning and got a call that my, um, my uncle was hospitalized and he passed away. So that was pretty much the only time we saw each other that week was at the, at the wake. And then I don't know what's been going on and that we've missed each other this last week. And then I was at uh, a festival that I posted about it on my on my um, inspiration to paint group, and I posted that I was at a, a festival called Bacon Fest. And my friend, one of one of my Facebook friends, said, "Every time you say that, I start to drool," because it was same. It was hundreds. I'm back on chocolate, by the way, everybody. And every year, the last few years i've been off of chocolate every time that mom goes to this thing and it's always oh paul they had because bake is one of my favorite things and chocolate is one of my favorite things and it's oh paul they had bacon or chocolate bacon, bacon covered, covered chocolate, chocolate. <laughs> no, they had chocolate covered bacon and oh i would have got you some but you're not eating chocolate i'm actually back on freaking chocolate now and oh paul we were too busy i couldn't oh get away so but I can tell you that a beer cost seventeen dollars. It cost six dollars, and that was because the stand was right next to us. We didn't get okay. So Bacon sure, Fest. Sure, that's why you know Bacon Fest is no. They actually offered us free beer yesterday, and we said no. They even offered it to Colin, <laughs> and we said no. Um, <laughs> they didn't know how old he was. But anyway, so uh, there's a, a a town. All of this, by the way, not the story that we no, originally started to tell. But so. Um, <laughs> This in is the, how it goes in the town. Yeah, this is this is the this is the um, 
um, Hansel and Gretel of our lives, the trail of bread. I knew what you, I knew. What I you know. Meant. <laughs> um, of course you did. So, uh, Marie and I do a festival called Bacon Fest. It's in Easton, Pennsylvania. And they literally block off from their central square, well, they call it the circle, um, the center part of town, like two blocks in each direction. And they have vendors down both sides of the streets. And at certain points, you could barely walk through the streets. It was so busy on Saturday. And it was so cold and windy. We never got a chance to leave our booth from well, the, the festival only runs from ten in the morning until six in the evening. And, oh, is that all? Yeah, and we were there. Well, yeah, but some of our festivals start at nine o'clock in the morning and go till eleven. So that's a relatively short period of time. Please stop hitting the table. I just had this issue on Wrestling Renegades last week. I'm sorry. At the table, I and it's. I wasn't it, thinking about the fact that it that's the microphones are attached to the table. Anyway, so. Um, but we didn't get a chance to leave our booth on Saturday at all. Like, we did not go for food. We realized that we did not drink, hydrate enough. Um, we were just busy. We painted almost 120 kids um, in that time period, and it was busy. And yesterday was even busier. Like, we, we got there early enough that we could go and get something to eat when we got there. And then we never got a chance to move from the stand until it was time to go home. And the nice thing is we, we always find really amazing um, festival people are amazing. Um, generally, they will uh, offer you things. They'll help out. You know, you need tape. You need this. You need that. Everybody you're all in the same place. You're all there for the same purpose. It's and not this, and I think we've actually talked about this, whether it's on mic or off mic. And I don't mean this in a negative way. You guys are all carny people. To a point. But now the funny thing is, the gentleman that, that I was going to just talk about, he actually owns a business in Easton, and um, he was set up outside of his business, and he's the one who had the the beer stand next to us. He has a cigar and cigarette place. Mm -hmm. And he came over to us at the, at the beginning of Saturday when we were all setting up. And he said, if you need to use the restroom, um, you can use the restroom inside my business instead of having to use the porta potties because the porta potties had lines. They had banks of porta potties in multiple places throughout the festival. And the lines were unbelievable. So luckily for us, he was going to let us use the restrooms. We never got a chance to go. Like I went on. Well, to be fair, Saturday. you hadn't eaten or drinking anything. So yeah. you didn't have anything to I went go on Saturday at the end of the day. And Colin went yesterday at the end of the day, but that was it because we never got a chance to leave. And I don't know what that has to do with carny people. Though. It has to do with the fact that people are so nice. Like, um, like I said, he came over and offered when we were closing up, did we want beer? The gentleman next to them was passing out um, jalapeno poppers. Uh, for the Again, for the record, I didn't uh, mean that as like a negative thing. Carnies get a really bad rap. And, and that's why I'm saying and, I didn't mean, especially because um, like I've kind of grown up in the world that you are there's in. There's a difference though. In the world, like festival people and carny people kind of are different because generally when you say carnies, that's more um, the rides and the games kind of thing. 
And those. Well, I just meant like traveling are, from place to place yeah. together, having like a strong bond. Yeah. You know how to set up and take everything down yeah. re- like uh, yeah. real quick. I always joke that we're circus people. Because, yeah. Well, so that's the same yeah. basic thing. But, um, but the problem, like I said, carnies get a bad rap because. Maybe I'm trying to take t- it back. A lot of times. Um, I'm taking it back. He's taking it back. Uh, carny people. Um, there's the, my con- mom is a carny question mark, exclamation point. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of people who believe that, um, people who run the games and stuff are dishonest right? and they're, you know, they'll, they're trying to, well, they are trying to get your money. They're not trying to steal your money, but they want your money. That's the purpose of any vendor. Did you ever, you've seen that movie Adventureland, right? Um, with Jesse Eisenberg and the girl from the Twilight I've seen parts movie. of it, but I haven't seen okay. the whole thing. And in that movie, because it's actually based off of a real um, amusement park here in Pennsylvania, um, and I don't think it's operational anymore, or if it is, it doesn't look like it did then because like that movie takes place like in the 80s. Um, but in that, like they show... Now, this is an amusement park... Not you're tapping the table. I know an amusement park, <laughs> not a not a carnival, not a carnival, not a circus, anything like that. So like this is a we're here all the time yeah, for the season yeah, thing. An established venue. And um, Martin Starr's character, uh, he's in Knocked Up. He's in a, a bunch of other things. Um, he's actually in Freaks and Geeks as well. Um, but he takes Jesse Eisenberg's character around and shows him. Like, cause there's one where there's like mannequins that go around on a thing and you have to like throw the, the softball or the baseball or whatever and knock the hat off. And like only one hat pops off. Like the other three are like glued on. There's like a basketball hoop. And if you stand back, it looks fine. But if you're directly under the basketball hoop, it's, it's been bent into the shape of an oval. Uh, there's the milk bottles, you know, you throw the ring and if it lands on top of the milk bottle and he's literally like a few inches above it and it just bounces right off because they're not designed to go right on there. Mm. And so he's just like, so you're stealing from people or he doesn't say you're stealing, but he's like, you know, you're scamming people or whatever. And he says something and he's just like, have you seen the way they just leave trash around the park? Why not? Or something like that. He says, you know, I mean, (laughs) and truthfully that used to be, and there are still some carnivals that run in that in that scam mentality. But there are also the carnivals that are not in business anymore for the most part because people are smarter than they were, you know, back um are mm, debatable. Well, but <laughs> they're less let's put it this way, they're more savvy in mm, in some debatable. situations. But anyway, Um, I, you know, I know, I know people who do games and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, you know, you go, um, the games aren't designed for you to win every time. Exactly. They're not designed for you to lose, but they're not, they're not super easy as, you know, uh, uh, flip a quarter. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like there is, yeah, you want to play a game where you have a best, the best chance of win, uh, dime toss because, well, generally the problem with dime toss is the stuff is all crap, but we uh, used to get some nice glasses out of those. Yeah, but they're never mi- they're never matched. They're all mismatched glasses and stuff. Well, but if you're if you have to have everything I matching, know, yeah, we, yeah. Don't, we don't have that problem. But um, we you do know. almost have a full set of um, McDonald's plastic plates, though. Yeah, um, but like that kind of stuff, you know, uh, balloon toss, 
they underinflate the balloons, which make them more difficult to pop. You know, you, okay. It's harder if you try it on your own. Try and pop a balloon that's say like a, a nine inch balloon, and you only blow it up to five inches. It's got a lot of give, so it's not going to pop as much as if you blew it up to the full size. Right. That's you know, but that's their purpose is to make money. You know, um, but for the most part, like um, festival vendors are generally craftspeople or food service people or stuff like that. They're again, I didn't I just meant Carney in the sense of like you said, like circus people where, you know, there is the camaraderie and there's the we can we see each other at all the things. Now, granted, you know, carnivals and circuses, they all travel together for the most part, but it's just like, you know, you see the, almost the same people. And even if you don't see the same people in the same spots, you see these people at like five events and then these people at like five events. And then like, they see each other at events that you're not even at and and whatever. So like everybody still does know each other and and you set up quick, you tear down quick. And the way we got into to Bacon Fest is because friends of ours who were there recommended us to the organizers. And then while we were there, we recommended Bacon Fest to some friends of ours who do food. So that's one nice thing is when you find a good festival, a lot of times you recommend it, or if it's a bad festival, which we've done, not too many of those, but we've done a few fairs and things that don't have... You, you can tell, like, there are certain festivals that are really, really good, uh, high traffic, um, people are willing to spend their money and whatever. There are things, like, there's one event that we did that people came in for the show and then turned around and left. So, although they had a bunch of vendors, um, it, was a, um, it was a rodeo. Okay. So people came for the rodeo. They spent their money for the tickets. They came in. They went to the rodeo, and they left. Do you know why, if I had to guess? Because they knew what they were in for because it wasn't their first rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> so they would go to the rodeo. I was actually pretty proud leave. of that, that one. <laughs> was really good, yeah. And so um, they didn't hit the vendors. Or if they did hit the vendors, they hit specific vendors. Because a lot of times, if they're going to the rodeo, they're either a fan of the rodeo or they, you know, some of them are, some of them, (laughs) some of them ride or whatever. So they're going to hit the boot shops and they're going to hit that kind of stuff. Or they're going to hit the food. And I watched and the food vendors who made the most money were like the 4-H groups or the service organizations because people want to give their money back to the service organizations who do things for their town. Right. You know what I mean? So like the Kiwanis and the Rotary and those kind of places generally, um, like at our, at our local, um, our local fair, our County fair here, um, the high schools have food stands. One has a, one has a food stand. One has a, like a hot chocolate stand or something. But anyway, they, um, people go there. Why? First of all, you're going to support the, the kids, your kids go there or whatever, but they want to support the local organizations. Right. You know? Um, so, but we all try and pass along information, honest information, because you don't want to say, Hey, this is a really great event. And then somebody goes there and it sucks. Then they're going to come back and say, you said this was a really great event. The only issue what I, I could say see- to that is 
it was a good event for us. Yeah. The only issue I could see with that is like, and it's not necessarily an issue because even going to a lot of the events that I've like the festivals that I've gone to with you guys, you know, you see three different people selling chicken fingers Mm -hmm. or whatever. And so I would think it might become a little bit more difficult if the, if you know, like the organizer of an event says, do you have anybody that sell, you know, that, you know, that does this, like you guys do something that not many people in the area do, but like a potato pancakes are a huge thing in this area. So it's like, do you know anybody that does potato pancakes? Well, yeah. Like I know three of them, but like, who do you recommend? Yeah. Well, see the thing with that too is, uh, a lot of people say, well, you know, when you recommend people to a festival like that, you're you're actually recommending your competition. First of all, food vendors, not my competition, even among themselves. I would I would disagree. And I'm going to I know people don't may not like when I do this. They don't may not like, though. No, they may not like when I do this, but I'm going to bring a wrestling metaphor, metaphor, whatever into this. Simile, something. Like but that. it's yeah. Comparison. It's, He's going to bring a comparison yeah. in there. And it's something, and I'm not saying I completely agree with it, but I'm just saying this was something that was said um, a few years back. Uh, Vince McMahon, owner of the WWE, uh, biggest wrestling company in the world, uh, was on what? It is. He is. You just say that like you're sponsored, though. No. Well, if they want to. Um, but no, but like for some people who don't, who may not know, um, and that live under a rock that don't know what the WWE is. You can go to the, you can go to any toy store. Any, it's the most any, subscribed, uh, one of the most subscribed channels on YouTube. Okay, continue. Uh, just so Vince you know, Vince McMahon. Uh, he was on Stone Cold Steve Austin, which was his one of his former biggest stars. Uh, he was on his podcast, and he was talking about the fact that in the Nine mid to late 90s into the early 2000s, there was what was called the Monday Night Wars, and it was the WWF at the time versus WCW, which was the company that was based out of the South, but they were all over the world as well, and they were like the second, and they would go neck and neck of which company's first, which company's second, whatever. I know you you know this, Mom, but... Um, it's exposition. Yeah. I got it. Uh, but one of the things was the fact that Vince McMahon then bought out that company, bought many other companies as well, whatever. And people have said for years about the fact that like he doesn't have a competition anymore. So like a lot of people think that, you know, WWE has become lazy in their storytelling and this, that, whatever, because there is no competition. There's nothing to drive him to do better because he's already at the top spot and there's nobody even close to like rivaling him. And one of his things was that he didn't necessarily agree with that because to him with how there's so many more, even, even back then there was like cable, but like there wasn't several hundred channels of Mm -hmm. everything. There wasn't all of the online content that there could possibly, or that there possibly is now. Mm -hmm. So he may not have competition in terms of other wrestling companies, but he has competition with, just well, yeah, the ratings people, in general, because he has to have a better product that well, people I mean, want to watch. People that. go, and this is, I know it's what you're about to say. When people go to the festivals, to get back to your point, people go to these festivals, they have a, sometimes a set amount of money they're going to spend. And are they going to spend it on food or are they going to spend it on face painting and or temporary tattoos or whatever else you guys are offering? Right. One of the things that we did this year was um, we spent a little bit more money um because 
most people don't understand that uh, vendors who come out to these events, they don't just say, hey, come set up and have fun. We have to pay to be there. We pay and then that covers the that covers the garbage pickup, that covers a lot of the things that are on. And I mean, it, you know, us being there brings people in, but it still costs to have an event like this. Uh, there's advertising costs and all that. That's why at this event, it was theoretically free to the public, but they asked for a donation per person because that money, actually, this is a fundraiser for the, um, for some of the groups. But anyway, so we have to pay to be there we paid a little bit more to not be in the children's area, which sounds counterintuitive in the fact that we offer face painting, but face painting isn't only for kids. And so by sticking us in the children's area, it handicaps us in two ways. The children's area is technically outside the main uh, event area. So what happens is people come down to the end of the street. So Basically, it's a giant X with the, the circle in the middle and then spokes out in each direction. So people will walk down the street, get to the end of the road, look down the road and see children's area and go, oh, there's nothing down there. We're going to turn around and go back. Because not everybody has kids. Not everybody has kids. Or, or they those, just don't want to take them. <laughs> or Right. Those who have kids go, well, no, because they're taller than the children and the children don't see. So... The interesting thing this year was the side streets where um, we were at we were at the end of the street right before the children's area. At the side street, they actually had a um, they had a a, a bounce a bounce wasn't a bounce house it was a bounce obstacle course an inflatable obstacle course. Okay. They had one of those um, ring the bell things where you hit it with the 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 strongman test kind of, and then they had this thing that was like. I was scared. You go in and you sit down. It was just two seats across from each other in a giant wheel. And there was a gentleman who stood there and spun the wheel as you're sitting in it, rocks it back and forth for a while, gets it going pretty far, and then completely flips you upside down. Like a hamster wheel. Yes. And the screams coming from there were very disturbing. And Aunt Marie was saying how it takes a special kind of sadist to be the person who's turning people like that because that's literally what he was doing. But anyway, so the kids would get down about as far as we were because we were the last vendor on the side where the kids were. And so they would uh, see that stuff and want to do that as well. So at least that was a little bit more because it wasn't like the parents could go, oh, no, there's nothing down there because they could see it from there. But for us... Being in the not children's area um, meant that we got to do more adults, which is always fun for us. We have a lot of. But also in in the minds of some people, you know, you get to change hearts and minds, and it it gives the the air of um, um, respectability, I guess. It's, well, yeah, and and part of the problem is a lot of people think in the children's area. Well, face painting should be free. Why? Oh, let's not get into this. But anyway, we got to do a lot of adults. We do some new designs that have a lot of um, gems and sparkles and, and things like that. So we got to do a lot of that fun stuff on the adults, which being in the children's area, we wouldn't have gotten the adults. We would have gotten some of them because they had to walk through the children's area because of the way parking was. But we did uh, quite a few more adults and being at the end of the road, 
um, we still got a lot of the people as they were coming and going. A lot of them, it was, you know, they were coming in from the parking areas near where we were. So the parents couldn't get past us. And we were the only face painters there this year, which was awesome too. We never got to the... That's what I was just about to say. I was going to... Uh, that's a very good story, and I'm I'm glad to have heard it. And I did, I don't, I'm not saying any of this sarcastically, but I'm looking at our time, and we are about less than 10 minutes. Uh, f- and we still haven't told the actual story that we started to tell earlier, which was kind of the whole, do you want to save this for the podcast All sort right, of so thing? Here's so a, here, here's, a, here's the story. So last week I was on my way out to breakfast And I walked outside, and sitting on top of our mailbox was a package. We live in an apartment on second floor. Let me finish my story. Okay, so the problem with the fact that the package was sitting on top of our mailbox is that it was twice the size of our mailbox sitting on top. Our mailbox is at sidewalk level in a little alcove right on the street. On a wall. On the wall sitting there. Now, the problem is I have been to the post office multiple times requesting that packages not be left on or near our mailbox because we've had packages stolen from there because it's at street level and anyone walking past can see them and pick them up and they're gone. We've had them left on the ground outside of our door at street level, we've gone over this. I took photos of the package sitting on top of the mailbox. And it's not that difficult. We, I mean, granted, we live pretty close to the post office, but it's not that difficult for them to leave one of those, hey, sorry we missed you, come pick up your package yes. things in the mailbox. So I go to the mailbox. I go to the post office because I've been here through this before. I go in. I talk to the lady who... I talk to all the time. We, you know, it's our local post office. I went in and I said, I have a problem. This happened again. And I showed her on my phone. It's on top of the mailbox. She's like, hold on. She goes and gets the postmaster who I've talked to before. Now going backwards, I have already gone through this a couple of times. I go in, I said, this is what's happening. They said, oh, well, you have to fill out a paper to not deliver packages to your house so that the mailman knows not to deliver them. Okay, fine. I filled out this paper. They did it again. Oh, well, it could have been uh, a different mailman. Fill out this paper for them not to to deliver packages to your house. I filled it out again. Same paper. Exactly the same paper. And I put Paul's name on it and my name on it and our address and requested that the packages be held at the post office twice. This is the at least the fifth time this has happened. I go back. I go the, into the post office this time. I show the postmaster on my phone. This is where it is. Oh, well, maybe he thought he was doing you. I said, I have filled out multiple papers to please do not deliver packages to our, just leave them at our mailbox. Because we've had them. It's not doing us a favor when we specifically say. He said, do you have a, did you leave a a note on there? I said, it doesn't matter. I've left notes. They get taken off. They come off. I don't want to have a note that says, don't leave a package. We shouldn't have to leave a note. And that's exactly what I said to the man. I said, 
I shouldn't have to leave a note. There should already be a note on my mailbox because I know how the mailbox, the post offices are set up and they have specific areas for each, at least street or whatever. There should be something there that already says don't deliver packages to this address. Yeah, because where else, what else is the point of filling out the form if exactly. not for some sort of system and that so they have inside those walls? When I showed it to the to the postmaster, he said, okay. He said, this was the regular mailman. Because I said, this was today. I said, it's on top of the mailbox. We've had this discussion. It didn't fit in the mailbox. I don't want it left there. I don't want it left on the street. You can see it when you're walking down the street. I said, our landlady has picked up packages because she's seen them sitting there. She knows we've requested them not to be left there. They leave them there anyway. Okay. He's like, oh, this was the regular mailman. He said, I'll make a note of it. And if it happens again, there'll be disciplinary action. And I went, okay. This is not the first time. And then I go in and I talk to Patty and she said... That's our landlady. Yes, I'm sorry. And and I went in and I talked to her and she said, that happens to our neighbor. Mm-hmm. He's been in there and filled out the things and had the same issue. The people who live in the apartments above... Yeah, like a building down, a building which is the over, same... which is the same landlady. Like, yeah. And they have the same problem because the mailman just leaves the packages there. How much more convenient is it not to have to carry the packages and just carry a little note that says... And, the, and there is part of me that wants to to get a P.O. box, but I shouldn't have to spend no. that extra money when, first of all, my taxes are already going to the post office. Like, that's part of what I pay for in taxes. But it, you're right. It should. It's a matter of him or her not carrying the packages, not having them in the in the truck or whatever yeah. you call that vehicle. Yeah, because it's not like he's taking it and then, you know, knocks on the door and, and you're not home. It, he's being told, don't leave it. Just don't. And yeah, it should never it should it never should make never, its way it into the vehicle. The yeah. It shouldn't come out of the post office. So it's very frustrating. And it was funny because Tommy was That's your best my friend. best friend. He came, we were on our way out. So he walked with me to the post office, which is literally a, like a half a block from where we live. And he walks with me to the post office. He's like, do you want me to come in? I'm like, no. He said, because I'll tell them, you know, this is not the first time we've been. I'm like, no, no, because I was very angry, but I was in control. But I wasn't sure what he was going to be because he's he was annoyed on my behalf because this is this is multiple times. And the funny thing is, we live in the same town that we've lived for like 20 years now. When we lived in another place in town, we had mailboxes that were for the apartment complex that we lived in. And there would be notices that would be left in our mailbox that the postman attempted to deliver a package to our door, but there was no one home. I've had health problems. When we first moved down here, I had a lot of health problems. I didn't leave the house. I was always home. Paul would go to the mailbox on his way home from school, get the mail, and there would be a notice there that said, a package was attempted to be delivered. Please pick it up at the post office because we attempted to deliver it and no one was home. 
So I would have to find someone to take me to the post office because I couldn't walk there. But I had to go because he wasn't old enough and no one else could pick it up because it was in my name. And I would have to go there and ask them how in the world this postman attempted to deliver a package to my home where I was and I didn't leave. But then I had to come to you. I, I was Now, like, if we got that notice now, I can understand because... We're on second floor. We're on second floor, and the access to the second floor doors is locked. But at that point... Because we've actually had that happen with, like, UPS and FedEx. Yes, and that's fine. But where we lived then, it was was townhouses, and you could literally... And I I know the mailman would pull up, and when I'd be expecting a package, I would watch for him, and he never came. But there would be a notice that said... We attempted to deliver this package, but there was no response. Yeah. And I would be, and I don't understand because I've lived in other places and never had that problem. I never had to go. When we lived in Wilkesbury, I never had to go to the post office about a problem with delivery. And right. I lived in an apartment then. Yeah. And, and when I lived at home in Pringle, we never had that problem. And this the town post office, and I don't know what the problem is, but it's very frustrating. And if it happens again, I'm going over this postmaster's head, and I'm going to go. She's going to go right to the postmaster general. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go to at least because this postmaster, I believe, falls under the one the postmaster from Wilkesbury. I would. I don't I know, no but idea. I'm going to check it out and find out where I have to go. That's from the title. There. Mom takes on the post office. I'm like, <laughs> you know. That's not clickbaity because it's the last, absolute last story on the podcast, right? They have to listen all the way through yeah. to the end, you know. So there you go. Um, but yeah, it's just frustrating. Does anybody else have that problem? Is anybody else frustrated with the post office? If they want to tell you, Mom, where can they find you? Because I'm wrapping up the show. <laughs> all right. So if you want to find me, I'm available on Facebook. But you can find Paul message him he's got all the socials i am the not socials <laughs> i am not social social the socials yeah he's got all the social media crap happening i got nothing i'm on facebook our business is on facebook if you're interested in face painting or some of the fun festivals we've been involved with you can find our our facebook information at uh facebook slash just plain crazy face art and of course, at Clock Shelves on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See all the socials. Snapchat too, technically. Um, See, I got nothing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, at Clock Shelves, and I'm gonna say it because for some reason, a lot of people like it. C l o c k s h e l v e s. I think it's so funny the way he says that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, You'd have to see the hand motion, too, that goes with it. He's, like, waving his fingers around. To be fair, I do that in general. I'm a hand talker. Yeah. Um, if you heard the tapping on the table up until he yelled at me, that was that was me. But then after that, it was all him. New content coming. Uh, Lost with Friends is returning soon. Wrestling Renegades later this week. Gearing up for the 100th episode of Paul and All soon. Um, yeah, watch out post office. 